Rodgers out of timeouts. Adams gives it back to Russ. Deep shot. What a perfect ending to a historic day. SGA trying to size up Russell. Oh, what a nifty move. Found enough space as he chooses his way to the rim. Yo, what is going on, you guys? This is the Loud City Views podcast. I'm your host in today's episode. My name is Jason Patacchio. You can follow me at Views from OKC, the podcast Twitter account, or at J underscore Patacchio on Twitter. Um, today, we are being joined by the usual Tyler Sambo. Say what's up, man. What's going on, good people? I mean, we had a busy day today with Loge and Sham. Uh, yes, sir. All the trade rumors heading into it. We're yes, finally sir. in the NBA offseason. Yeah, man. Greatest time of the year. Yeah. I, uh, we, we were starting to record this podcast, and then I got a call from one of my uh, longtime like, childhood friends, and he calls me. He says he's getting married. I'm like, well, okay. Congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, con- congrats to my buddy Isaac. He's getting married. So, uh, yeah. Meanwhile, me and uh, Tyler are suffering through college debt. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> we love college debt. Um. But yeah, I mean, that's basically how everything in our lives has been going. I'm sure you don't want to hear about our lives. You're just here to <laughs> talk about Oklahoma City Thunder News. Um, so let's just get right into it. Um, so the first part of today's episode, uh, we're going to talk about Oklahoma City hiring Mark Dagonalt. I think that I said that right. I There was like the abbreviation for it on Twitter, and I just copied and pasted it into the dark doc, but Mark Dagonalt. Um, he coached for the Oklahoma City Blue for four years. He joined Oklahoma City's coaching staff as an assistant before being hired this year. Um, he was also an assistant on Billy Donovan's coaching staff at Florida, which is interesting. Um, he has a tenure for developing players, which is the most key thing um, that I think led to his hiring. Um, but he was also an in-house candidate, which means that Presti had a good look at him um, just from an organizational standpoint, especially within the G League. Um and with the route that Oklahoma City is going, I think that um, developing young players is exactly what Oklahoma City is going to be trying to do with the plethora of draft picks that they have um, and young players like Shea Gilgis, Alexander, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, Tyler, what do you think of the hiring, man? I, I like the hire. I mean, we saw – I know Dort put a smiley face on Twitter. Baisley did the same thing, yep. too. So, they have a good connection with him. Uh, Chris Paul even shouted him out on Jimmy – I think it was Kimmel the night before he got traded saying how he was excited to have him as the new head coach didn't yep. last long but even Chris Paul liked the guy so there's something good there um yeah. he's young he's 35 years old uh exactly and it's a guy Sam Presti found while he was scouting I think they said Bradley Beal he was scouting hey. Bradley Beal at Florida found this guy on the sidelines talked to him ended up giving him a job in Oklahoma City Yep, and he did good with the blue. I mean, uh, I think he they said he led to three division titles down there in the uh, the G League. I've gone to a couple yep. G League games, and I remember him being the head coach there. He seems like mm-hmm. he's doing a good, very good job. Uh, Kevin Hervey, former Thunder player, uh, and Justin Patton both put on their Twitter that it's like the nicest guy they've ever met in their entire yep. lives. Um, yep. So they have a good connection with him too. So yep. it seems like he's a very player player friendly uh, coach. Exactly. Um, and yeah, like you said, he's a good developer, and that's exactly what it looked like after Sunday and today, as that's the route we're going after. Shea is going to be the center point as of now on the police piece we want to develop, and 
this is the guy to do it, hopefully. Yeah. I, I definitely think that is it, it is a good thing that all of the young Oklahoma City players that are going to be potent to our core going into the future all reacted very keenly to uh, his hiring because if they didn't, uh, I feel like that that would be a bad sign. Um, but like you said, he seems like a very good, um, you know, nice guy that, you know, is a player-friendly coach. Um, he's willing to be their friend and their coach on the court. Um, but from a schematic standpoint, um, it seems like he's going to be carrying over a lot of Billy Donovan's schematics. Uh, he talked in the press conference. He basically stated that he kind of wants to run a pace and space offense. Uh, we heard that a lot from Billy Donovan. Hopefully it looks a lot like what Oklahoma City did this year with a lot of ball movement, a lot of pick and roll movement. Um, and as, as Shea Gilgis-Alexander develops into a, you know, a, a playmaker, hopefully we can run the offense through him and kind of have an offense that we had this year with Gallinari, Schroeder, Chris Paul, et cetera. I will um, say yeah. the one thing I know is that in the G League, he presses his centers to get rebounds. Uh, I remember yes. both games I went to, Dakari Johnson and Justin Patton, both finished with 20 rebounds in those games. They had 20-20 yep. games. And that's something that if Adams, who was put on the trade block today, yep. is the center, hopefully he can do. If not, <laughs> whoever is the future center of this team is able to do, because that is a weak point that Thunder have had in the last couple exactly. of years, is rebounding. And yeah. Adams hasn't been the greatest rebounder, and hopefully he can get him to grab those boards and actually have a center that will fight for boards and not just tip them away out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and not get boxed out by PJ Tucker <laughs> and other small forwards around the league. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's a great hire. Um, I think that out of the candidates that Oklahoma city had will Hardy, uh, will Weaver. I think that he was probably the best candidate that Oklahoma city could have chosen, especially with the route that they wanted to go. Um, you know, in, a short in, off season, having someone that already knows the system and knows the exactly. players you don't have to get accustomed to anything. I think that exactly. was the main reason Sam Presti did it was that he knew the system and exactly the Training camp's supposed to start December 7th. You're only getting three weeks of training camp, and mm. you're throwing four preseason games in there from what it sounds like. Um, yeah. It's not a lot of time to prep a team, especially with this new-look Thunder team that's going to be almost completely different, as we see now. Um, yeah. There's a lot of people you've got to get accustomed to, and having a coach that at least half the team is used to is better than nothing. <laughs> exactly. And – I, you, you basically hit on everything. I, I think that um, with the time frame that Sam Presti provided us um, with such a late coaching hire, like you said, it just makes sense um, because say you have a coach that comes in that implements a brand new system um, that could lead to trouble. Although Oklahoma city is going to be tanking either way. So their record doesn't really matter. Um, but for the young players on this team, uh, it, it's really nice to have that carryover from, you know, a previous year, let's, Billy let's Donovan. Clear. Yes, we can use the word tanking, but tanking is a frowned upon expression. It yeah. There, that's Philly could, people. Could, could we use trusting the process? But I feel like that's, uh, feeling that's okay. Philly's I thing. think a lot of people got mad when Philly used the word. We're tanking. <laughs> Don't intentionally lose games. You just set a lineup out there. That's bad enough that you're going to lose as many games as possible. <laughs> The Thunder are going to be a competitive team. I agree. We're not going to make the playoffs, 
But we'll be competitive. Um, but we're not going to also go out there and intentionally lose every game to get the first overall pick. That's not <laughs> how the Thunder are going to play next year. We're not tanking. I just want to put that out there as the abbreviation. We're not tanking. We're going to be a middle of the road Tyler, team but that Tyler, finishes like 10th to 13th. But Tyler, Cade Cunningham looks so good. He looks so oh, good. You don't, we, okay, first off, we haven't seen Cade Cunningham except high school. Let me see him at Oklahoma State. But then Tyler, <laughs> but Cade Cunningham, Tyler. Emoni Bates is the guy I'm more interested in, okay? Come on, Cade Cunningham, Tyler. Come on, man. Come on. Tank for, right. tank for Cade. Come on. Again, on. get on the hashtag. Cheating, according to some NBA fans, so I want to put oh, that. Gosh, out there. we're they not changed, They changed the lottery rules for a reason to where if the the three worst exactly the league have the same and odds. Sixty three Bobcats didn't get the first <laughs> overall pick. <laughs> they ended up with Michael Kidd Gilchrist instead of Anthony Davis. You think the Charlotte Bobcats wanted to tank to seven and sixty three to get the second pick? <laughs> you know when you put it like that it kind of it kind of there's no point tanking. to take it's, it's, it's there's no point that's to, true and and look and look at and look at the pelicans and look at the pelicans this is the nfl this is the look at the pelicans exactly they they had a bad record but it wasn't worse than the league and somehow they got the first pick didn't the they have supposedly like supposedly tanked for zion so that they could <laughs> sign katie Kyrie, and zion he got none of the three <sighs> So RJ I don't Barrett. want to say that tanking works because tanking does not work. Uh, okay. If tanking works, then the Charlotte Bobcats would have had it. <laughs> well, um, yeah. Uh, I, before we get more into a tangent, um, I think we're both into agreement. We really like this hire. Um, it's, it's great for Oklahoma City, great for the players, great for the young core that is going to be this Oklahoma City team um, going into the future. Um, I really like it. Um, we'll see if it lasts. It could just be, you know, a, a like a, a bridge coach from when we start being hey, – or the Thunder Oklahoma start City's being – only had three coaches since 2008. And that's that's very that true. Sam Presti prided himself on in the press conference very true. saying that he's not one of those teams. There was a guy who asked that, and he said, why are you not a coach that has brought in eight, eight different coaches like the Knicks or the Suns? Yeah. And he said that he's learned everything from the three coaches here, and he hasn't felt like it was an opportunity. And in both those situations with Scott Brooks and Billy Donovan, the fans called for those coaches' heads three years in advance. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and Sam Presti stuck it out in all of them. And yeah. I think that shows he's dedicated to his coaches. And I think Mark yeah, got a – I mean, at 35, he's got a long waiver before he's yep. officially <laughs> released from this team. Yeah. And, and just looking at – Sam Presti's tenure with the coaches. I don't think many GMs around the league will have a beer before they mutually part ways. A cheap oh, no. beer at that with with their head coach. You know, um, oh, especially when you offered that coach a contract extension and he didn't sign it. Yeah, <laughs> like like most GMs around the league would be like, okay, you're fired. I'll yeah. make sure that press the press release says you were fired, not mutually part ways. Fired. You know. Um, but the Presti's not that type of guy, but anyways, um, we have a lot of, a lot of news that we didn't get to, um, because like I said, we were busy with college. Um, I mean, but most of this news didn't happen till yesterday or today. Till yesterday. So. Yeah. Um, but we couldn't get to it till tonight because of college, you know, 
Um, but anyways, so do you want to start with the Schroeder trade because that happened first, or do you okay, want to yeah, start with let's the CP3? start with that one. Um, okay. I know a lot of Thunder fans are mad about this trade, but first off, Presti's not going to win every trade. And okay, look at this in the bigger picture. <laughs> we traded Carmelo Anthony's undisclosed contract that everyone said the Thunder were going to have to cut for a first round pick and Danny Green, who we can hopefully yeah. later on. Yes, I wonder how I those Dennis Schroeder. I know he played an amazing season. I love Dennis. We all love Dennis this year. And we kind of yep. expected more than the 28th pick in Danny Green. But for Dennis, he goes to a contending team after three days after he I think it was yep. days after he said he did not want to go to LA. He gets traded yeah. to LA. Um, which shows that Presty will not send everyone where they want to go. He's gonna do what's best for the team. Exactly. Um, I saw a lot of fans saying that if he cheated schroeder out that he was a bad person no it's business it's just because as, you're you don't want to go somewhere doesn't mean that the gm's not going to send you there exactly if that's the best offer on the table that's the best offer on the table exactly and and it's not like la's like a a bottom dweller team that isn't going to be uh, competing no, and schroeder and lebron are friends it, exactly it and i think for schroeder and the lakers this is exactly what they wanted they needed the, exactly it looked like ronda was going to leave um they get a point guard to replace Rondo in Schroeder, exactly. who is better than Rondo, unless you ask Skip Bayless for some reason. Um, <laughs> I still can't get over that one. Um, I can't. Either. Oh, gosh. Didn't he yeah, tweet I mean, out, or, or he said on um, Undisputed today, that losing Rajon Rondo takes the Lakers out of the championship picture? Yes, he said that Rondo going to the Clippers, it's an advantage Clippers, because Rondo gosh. was the main reason the Lakers won the championship this year. Those were the exact words that came from oh, Skip they just replaced Rondo with a 20 point a game score in Dennis Schroeder but no oh. that's not good enough that's not good enough because playoff love... Rondo is a different breed yeah we love we Rondo love was Skip almost Bayless. cut by the Lakers at the trade deadline too let's not forget that they were this close to cutting him because they didn't think mm. he fit on the team he played well in the playoffs but still Schroeder's a better option I don't care what anyone says if you watch the Thunder this year it's a better option yeah um but yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't hate the trade. This gives us the twenty eighth pick and yep. lots of if, flexibility. If he wants to move up, it's more flexibility to move up. I don't know yeah. if we will or not. Um, I kind of expected that tenth pick if we were going to move up higher. Didn't yep. get that today. Um, so right now it looks like we're sitting at twenty five and twenty eight. And in the mock draft that came out today, I'm perfectly happy with both guys we are projected to take, and yep. I would be okay with taking both of them. And Jaden McDaniels and Tyrell, what is it? The Stanford guy we talked about. Yes, Tyrell Terry. Yes, Terry, which are yes. both guys we talked about that we both want on this team. And I love Tyrell Terry. Fine with both those draft picks, and we can move on to next season. So yep, exactly. For Dennis, um, hopefully you go win a championship for the Thunder. Yep. Hopefully we flip Danny Green if he shows something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so I have some preliminary thoughts. Um, before I get into the details of this trade. So first off, for the Oklahoma City Thunder fans that are saying that Oklahoma City could have gotten more for Schroeder, first off, Sam Presti's an excellent GM. Why would he take a lesser deal than anything else on the table? Obviously, the Lakers were the best deal on the table, and he took the best deal that he could get for Dennis Schroeder. But Chase, note, the Bucks had an offer too. Oh God, I I'm not taking Eric Bledsoe's contract. I'm sorry. 
I, that and then I what else did they offer? They offered that it was Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe, and I, I kept hearing Thunder fans say they would have rather had Eric Bledsoe than Danny Green because Eric <sighs> Bledsoe is easier to trade it. I but a first, know. the first round pick, the first round pick is exactly like, anyways. So you have to think about it this way. I, I explained it on my Twitter. So at the time, Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul were still available. Teams are going to hold their assets for both of those point guards. Even Drew Holiday was still available at that time. So teams are going to hold their assets for all three of those players because they're going to want to make a run at them. They're not going to sell an asset off that could potentially land Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, or Drew Holiday for a lesser point guard and Dennis Schroeder. That just doesn't make sense. That's not how the NBA market works. And the Thunder got the best deal that they could. Um, from and from what and one more I thing to clarify on ESPN, their trade draft grade or the dra- uh, trade grade they gave the Thunder an A minus and the Lakers a C. Okay, yeah. So ESPN said we won the trade by a mile. That's all you people exactly. Say, the Lakers won the trade. ESPN and Woj, who writes these posts, said the Thunder <laughs> won the trade by a mile. Okay, and these are the experts. These are the people you have Twitter notifications on for. <laughs> These are the people you stand. Um, but that, that's my thought on the, on the Thunder fans that are basically saying that they could have, that Sam Presti could have got more for this trade. Um, now for my thoughts on the trade, I think it's a great trade for Oklahoma City. You get Danny Green, who's won in the past two NBA championships. Um, he's shown the ability, shown is a very key word in that phrase. Um, that he can shoot the three whenever he's on. Um, he's a decent defender, although aging. Um, and you get pick 28. Um, you know, if Oklahoma City wants to move up in the draft like they have been rumored to, um, you can use the 25th and the 28th pick to move up into the mid-rounds or, uh, you know, maybe even package one of those future picks. Maybe the Suns, the Suns one that you got, the 2022 um, or one of the Clippers or the Houston Rockets picks. We know how many picks the Oklahoma City Thunder have into the top five and 17, 17 um, to get the player of your choice. Oklahoma City has all the flexibility to do that. And I think that that's what Sam Presti has shown what he wants to do. He wants flexible assets. He wants something that can provide more in the future. Um, he did the same thing with Paul George. Uh, you know, we, we have these trade trees of forming in Oklahoma City. We have the Carmelo Anthony one um, where we, you know, Dennis Schroeder turned into pick 28, no, whoa, Danny whoa. Green. That was that was Sergi Baca. Oh. Yeah, Sergi Baca turned into Oladipo. Yeah. Oladipo turned into Paul George. Paul George turned into Shea in the Clippers. Well, I'm, I'm just talking about the trade trees in general. The, you have the Serge Ibaka one, you have the Carmelo Anthony one, and then now the Russell Westbrook one that's forming um, with, you know, the recent Chris and Paul trade. if we trade Stephen Adams, the James Harden one continues. Exactly. So a lot of trade trees that are, are formed and continuing to form. It's like Sam Presti just continues to flip assets um, – which is a really good thing, and it just shows how good of a GM he is, shows how good Oklahoma City's player development staff is, um, just shows how good an organization Oklahoma City is. Um, but my thoughts on the trade, I think it's – I like the trade a lot more than people do. 
um, because I personally think that Danny Green is going to be kind of Oklahoma City CP3 next year. Exactly. Not, He's replacing that leadership. We lost exactly. a huge leader in that locker room. But Danny Green exactly great championships. Exactly. I don't think that he's going to provide the the playmaking and the skill that CP3 brought, but the leadership is going to be there and he's going to he's going to perform because he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. He was just traded from a championship Lakers team. He's going to want to show the league that he still has it. Um and you know, come the trade deadline, say there's a good deal good deal on the plate, Oklahoma City will trade him away. Um, and we know how wings are in this league. Teams want them, especially 3 and D wings. They're the most valuable um, asset that you can get in this league other than an all-star caliber player and draft picks. Um, but that I, scene, I will say Scoop B. Williams did say that don't expect Danny Green in a Thunder jersey. They are trying to get a third team to finish. Yeah. The trade's not official till Wednesday night because of exactly. the rule where the Lakers can't trade back-to-back picks. Exactly. So because of that, that's why any of you guys, I've seen multiple people ask me that today. Why is it the trade official yet? It can't be till after Wednesday um, night. As soon as the Thunder tell the Lakers who to pick at 28, that man <sighs> I hate in that. a Lakers hat. Um, they'll ask him how it feels to be drafted by the team that just won the championship. And then five minutes later, he'll be officially a Thunder. <laughs> yep. And then he'll have the Oklahoma City Thunder draft hat on and he'll yep. be all over the Twitter page. Um I, the stepping rule is so weird to me. I don't understand why the, the stepping rule was created because of what Brooklyn did to themselves. It well, is to protect that, the team from pulling another Brooklyn. That, but I, I don't understand the draft provision. Like, why not just give the rights straight away to the team? Because honestly, it's very likely that Oklahoma City trades away the 25th and the 28th pick. So you're going to have one team contacting Oklahoma city and then Oklahoma city is going to be contacting the Lakers. I, to make I that trade that trade or to make that pick. Whoever yeah. the, the thunder trade that 28th pick to the Lakers would just call that. It's not calling the thunder who then called that. Because <laughs> then it's like <laughs> with the Hawks pick last year, do you really think that the Lakers called the Pelicans <laughs> and then the Pelicans called the Hawks to take DeAndre Hunter? Yes. yes. <laughs> they, they called back David Griffin. Then David Griffin called back <laughs> Rob Polink and was like, you better take DeAndre Hunter. Because I feel like if I'm the Pelicans GM, I'm going to be like, hey, I want you to take um, whoever was the 60th pick in the draft just to screw the team over. And they have they just, nothing to do about it because they have no control over the situation. <laughs> Watch there's just like an NBA GM group chat. Like Sam Presti like adds the team that he's about to trade with. And he's like, Hey Palinka, um, I'm this is the people that we're trading with. Just just text the group chat. I that's probably not what happens. It's just a hypothetical. It's just something funny that I thought in my head. Obviously, I know that that you know they don't call the Thunder and then the Thunder calls the other team and you know it's it's not like a domino a, effect. A, a full thing. It's, but it's, it's funny to think about. Hey, if you've ever watched Draft Day, the movie, it is kind of like that. The guy at the Cleveland Browns has like five different phones and he's just sitting there in the five minutes and he's like, hey, 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 hey. Oh, oh, they made a trade. Hey, let me get him up on the phone. What'd you trade for? Uh, but I mean, we're in a different age now. I highly doubt that's the same. But yeah, yeah. I mean. All in all, I don't expect Danny Green to be here. If he is, great leader. Um, yep. But for Dennis, go win a championship. That's all I have to say. Exactly. I'm, I'm rooting he for Dennis Schroeder. These 
second trade, the more interesting trade for OKC. Yes, the the one that everyone wants to talk about. Um, so today, I was it at like noon or like ten. I was I, working on school. My phone started blaring. It was on the other side of the room. I walked over and had twenty five different messages from people <laughs> at twelve forty. I want to say so. So it was it was twelve twelve forty ish. All right, so. Oklahoma City traded CP3, as we all expected, um, for a 2022 first-round pick. Um, with a ton a, of protections, but guaranteed. A ton of protections, exactly. Um, Kelly Oubre Jr., all the women in Oklahoma City are drooling, and some men are drooling. Which, <laughs> which, oh, um, the first comment I saw on the uh, the introductory post. So I said this to my friend, and I was like, hey, just so you know, Kelly Oubre's got a weird fan base because he doesn't really follow the NBA other than the Thunder. And yeah. That's going to be how Kelly Oubre was. And I was like, good player, has a little bit of a weird fan base. And he goes, what you're talking about? And I was like, <laughs> they consider him the hottest player in the league. Just go read the comments <laughs> on his Instagram page. He posts uh, the, He sends me the first comment on the Thunder official page saying, welcome <laughs> to Kelly Oubre. And the first comment says, Sam Presti only did the trade to pleasure himself. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. I was like, oh, this is what we're getting into. (laughs) (laughs) So just a bit of backstory. So somebody that I went to high school with, she drooled over Kelly Uber Jr. right when he was drafted for the Wizards. Um, And the first thing I see on Snapchat is her screaming, oh, my God, they got Kelly Uber. I also have a funny story about Kelly. Um, And – Oh, one of my oh, friends, oh. who's a Kansas Jayhawk fan, um, so he's a huge <laughs> Kelly fan, uh, yeah. but also uh, finds him in one of these uh, guys who find him incredibly hot. <laughs> so in the last two weeks, this man has uh, left the Thunder bandwagon. Oh, God! Started completely trashing the team, telling me how we were going to draft like 25 T-Fergs with our picks and how we okay. future and all this. And nice. Then Kelly Oubre trade happens, and he sends me fifteen happy faces with "I'm a Thunder fan again." And <laughs> told him a whole bunch of like "Be gone, demon! I don't want you here anymore. We don't want you here." Um, and um, then he sends me a picture of Kelly Oubre riding the horse, and it says Kelly Oubre on the way to Oklahoma City. And he's like, "I wouldn't ride the horse. I'd ride Kelly." And I was like, "Stop! Oh. Just stop!" God, <laughs> uh, riding Kelly off into the sunset. <laughs> so yes, it, we have a whole bunch of intriguing fans, and the comments on every post should be <sighs> at least funny to read, I guess. But yeah, People... Kelly, Kelly's twenty-four years old, good player. I like him. Will he stay? That's a question that I'm not for sure on, um, because he's a free agent, and I don't know how much he's expected to get. Yeah, and I don't know if the Thunder want to pay that. And um, yeah. If it was me, I'm willing to give Kelly a four-year eighty. Um, I'm, I yeah, I'm I'm willing to give him twenty million. I'm not year. giving him any more than twenty though. Nothing more than twenty. I that's where I would cap it. Um, he's a valuable wing. He's young. Um, see what you can get him for him at the trade deadline. Obviously, you know, like I said, wings are very valuable. You know, package him with Danny Green. That's a very valuable trade. I kept seeing the trade float around. Um, I don't think the Warriors would be interested, but people kept throwing this out there that if yeah. they are really interested in LaMelo Ball, Kelly Oubre, and Steven Adams for Andrew Wiggins and the second overall pick. Yeah. And I feel like you would have to package pick 25 and 28 in there, though. 
Probably. And this yeah. is a trade I saw thrown out on Twitter today. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about it because I kind of want it. And I want to see what Kelly does on the Thunder. Um, yeah. I'm not high on Lamelo as we have talked. Um, Agreed. I know Presti is, but that's a different question. That's um, just a rumor. I mean, to, to be honest, the, that the could Draft be... Express came out and said that today, who's the number one mock draft guy. I think it's 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 true now that Presti's interested in Lamelo. It's just a matter uh... of if he pulls the trigger. Um, but I want to see I what Kelly do. Um, Jaden Lacroix, another player that I'm very interested in. Is watching. it Lacroix? I thought it was Lacroix. Lacroix? I thought it was Lacroix. I've never, I didn't hear anyone pronounce it that much <laughs> when I read it. The Thunder even misspelled his name in their introductory post today. Oh, God. Um, so, uh, but he did post on his story Phoenix to OKC with a happy face, so he seemed happy about it. His mm. nickname is Baby Russ because he throws down some nasty junks in the G League if you Man. haven't seen him. Go look at it. This guy looks incredible. Future dunk contest champion. Does he? Does he look as incredible as Kelly Oubre though? Um, <laughs> no I'm just kidding. No <laughs> um, uh, the other guy, Ty Jerome, was the pick right after Darius Basley in the draft. Yep. Uh, yep. So another point guard for the national champion Virginia Cavaliers the year before. Uh, so he he's, he's got some point guard experience played on the national championship game. Yep. I think he steps in and plays that backup point guard role for the Thunder this year. A good young player that they could develop and basically a first round pick because he was the 24th pick last year. And yep. the last piece is Ricky Rubio who I know a lot of Thunder fans were mad Sweet. because he posted the, the smiley <laughs> face or the upside down The face upside down smiley face. This he business, said what a business. I know Alex Abrinas tweeted out and former Thunder player tweeted out and he said, take care of Ricky Rubio for me. Okay. See. And mm. somebody asked him about the smiley face or upside down smiley face. And he said that the reason he did that was Rubio had a kid two weeks ago and would had just said he was getting used to Phoenix and then Phoenix trades him. And now he has to move Damn. him, his wife and his new baby Damn. To a undisclosed location because we don't know if the Thunder want him, and I kind yeah. of feel for him. This is his fourth yeah. team in four years, and yeah, especially with a two-week-old baby, I'd be kind of <laughs> mad too. I mean, especially during a uh, pandemic, you don't know where you're living right now. <laughs> yeah, he's he's gonna be living at the 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 Marriott for a couple, maybe a couple weeks. Oh. He has no clue. Honestly, right now, I just stay in Phoenix until anything's official. Yeah. Trading cap doesn't start for another month. In exactly. case they trade you in this month, I would stay in Phoenix if I'm Ricky Rubio. Uh, what hotel would Ricky Rubio stay at? Like, what what kind of man, guy? Man, make it seventeen mil a year. He can stay at any hotel he wants down. Do what? What are you thinking? Does he go to the Skirvin? I feel like I feel like Ricky Rubio is not a Skirvin guy. I don't think he's a Skirvin guy. Because isn't I'm the Skirvin haunted? Yeah. I I see him being a Renaissance guy. I like think, I think he's the Renaissance. Yeah. Ricky Rubio does seem like a Renaissance hotel guy, which is a very um, nice hotel. I did stay in it. Amazing. Oh, Tyler, you're 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 bougie, huh? My my aunt rented out a room one night for us there. It was it was amazing. Um, they we legit got limo rides over to the the Red Hawks game at the time. I know they're the Dodgers nice. now, but yep. it was really cool. Um, so yes, that's if I think Rubio is living in a hotel downtown, it's probably the Renaissance. Yeah, uh, but. 
he he could have enough money that he could go rent himself a house in Oklahoma City for crying out loud. Exactly. And he again, can, he could buy a house. He could buy my house if he wants. If Ricky Rubio, keep, do you want my house? If we keep Rubio, uh, he plays a lot similar to Chris Paul, a guy who's yeah, going to get you ten assists, about fifteen points a night, and he's a great leader. And I don't exactly. mind having that as a starting point guard this year. Exactly. I think him and Steven Adams could run the pick and roll brilliantly this season if we keep both of them. I highly doubt <laughs> it. Um, yep. But I, I feel like that would be something interesting to watch. Um, and, it, I mean, the Thunder introduced him in their thing, so they at least – he's on the acknowledged team for him. now. Okay? Yeah. Thunder acknowledged him. That's the main thing. Yeah. They didn't misspell his name like they misspelled Jaden LaCroix. Or LaCue, <laughs> however you pronounce it. I think it's LaCue because it says on basketball reference it's L-U-H and then Q is like in caps. So LaCue, Jaden LaCue. Out of all the four players in the trade, I'm most excited for Jalen Bell. Not gonna lie. <laughs> I uh, okay. So um, now that you broke down your thoughts for this trade, I'll I'll go into mine. Um, so first, the the 2022 pick very valuable. Um, very valuable. I saw Draft Express tweeted out that a lot of executives are expecting the um, one and done rule to be lifted that year, which I mean, means that it's pick is one through fourteen protected, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> isn't 2022. it? Isn't it one through twelve protected? It's or, one through twelve, then one through ten, then one through eight, then one through six, and then it's protected in like twenty twenty-five. <laughs> that being said, um, w- I assume that Phoenix is going to be good. Um, Devin I mean, Booker is going to be in his prime. It depends on what happens there. That's true. I, from my assumption, I assume that. Phoenix is going to be good. Yeah. Um, regardless of the outcome of these protections, Oklahoma City still gets a first-round pick. It's it's guaranteed. It's not one of those where it's like lottery protected, then you get two seconds. Yes, kind of like it's the pick that it's the not gave the Hawks in the mellow trade, which yeah looks better now. Um, mm. But it's it's not like the Rockets protections where it's like one through five protected, and if the Rockets get in the lottery, um and they get like one through five, then that can phase to like two second rounders, which is really annoying and it sucks for Oklahoma City. Um, But that being said, like I said, the 2022 draft, um, that draft is going to be full of young talent from high school and one and done players. AKA the first ever high school sophomore or high school player of the year. That was a sophomore, Emoni Bates last year. Exactly. Um, That's the guy everyone's looking at. Yep, that that draft is exciting. Um, Oklahoma City has. I, <laughs> That's I don't a good even question. Know. How many picks do we have that season? How many picks do we have in the 2022 draft, dude? I you know I, if I, Kawhi and PG want to leave the Clippers in 2021, and James Harden and Russ want to get traded, and we still. I mean, even at that point, we could say we're a contending team and we still may have three top ten picks because of the other teams. <laughs> exactly. Everything's everything's looking really good. Oklahoma City holds a lot of precedence in teams' futures. Um, but back onto that pick, like I said, very valuable. I'm a fan of that that pick. Um honestly looking at it right now, it is One a question. little bit Okay. Is it worth more than the tenth overall pick to you? I, I Definitely think it is. Uh, I know that that's that's a little bit of a hot take, um, because with the tenth pick, you you know you're more likely to trade the twenty fifth, the twenty eighth, and the tenth pick for you know maybe a top five selection. Um, but maybe that doesn't get Presty where he wants. Um, so having the twenty twenty two pick 
like I said, you're going to you that that draft is full of talent and you could be getting guys that would be top five in this draft, possibly in the top 20, just because, you know, you're going to be having high school seniors and those one and done players coming out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think any 2022 pick is really valuable, even second round picks. Um, because it's a long time to tell though. These guys are just juniors in high school. I know exactly. what you're saying. The only name that I would trust right now officially in that draft class is Imoni Bates. Imoni Bates. There, there's yeah. no one else that I'd look at right now and be like, <laughs> that guy could come out of high school and play in the league. Imoni yeah. Bates is the first ever player, freshman or sophomore in high school, to win <laughs> the player of, of high the year. school. The entire high school in the entire Crazy. United States. He was a sophomore and won it. Uh, anyone his, in this draft class, anyone in next year's draft class, he was better than him. He was better. Isn't than him isn't isn't, isn't his draft comparison Kevin Durant? Like, um, I'm not for sure. Uh, I I've, I've like I, said, heard, I haven't done a lot of research on him. Uh, I know he's technically committed to Michigan State, but like you said, if they lift the draft thing, I don't see why he would not he would just, just go straight to the draft. He would just go um, straight to the draft. He did commit to Michigan State, though, and he, though Michigan State, if he goes, will probably have one of the greatest recruiting classes, kind of like Zion to the Duke where they got yep. RJ and Cam. It's going to be like that, and Michigan State would be a powerhouse that year in 2020. Michigan State's last good prospect was, like, Denzel Valentine, wasn't it? Um, Like, that was the last time I, I remember Michigan State, like, being super competitive and really yeah, good. They got that point guard this year, don't they? That Michigan that oh, for a point guard? Man. Uh, I honestly have no clue. I wanted I, to say uh, Carson Edwards, but that's Purdue. And he got yeah, drafted last year. There's yeah. Michigan State has a point guard. Um, Cassius Winston. That's who it is. That's who it is, yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he, he's Michigan State. He'll get drafted yeah. probably late first round. Um, but, yeah, Denzel mm-hmm. Valentine, uh, Draymond Green – probably up there if you're naming people mm. that played at michigan state that was good uh, i know he was a yep. second round pick but yeah draymond was still there um, and yeah and draymond green is draymond green so denzel valentine um, that was a big college player i remember him and yeah buddy were neck and neck for like senior player of the year here at OU. yeah but valentine got drafted so low yeah valentine went 14 and he, he hasn't really done anything in the nba yeah he stuck on it's a really crazy. bad bulls team yeah, and he's just not that talented. I mean, usually seeing players that play all four years in college, especially for basketball, they don't really do much in the NBA. I mean, honestly, like it's usually the one and done players that you you find are like, okay, those are special talents, you know. Yeah. Um, but like you said, my second favorite piece of this trade is definitely Jalen Lequeu. Um, he was a five-star talent coming out of high school. Um, he ended up staying a fifth year at high school. I don't know the whole story on that. I might have to do more research on it, but I know he stayed in high school so he could enter the NBA draft. Um, he ended up going undrafted, which was kind of surprising, um, but he is a really raw prospect, so you know maybe isn't it isn't as surprising. Um, but he got signed to the Suns for two guaranteed years. Um, the final two were not guaranteed. Um, he played like deal. Yeah. Um, he basically played majorly on the Suns G League team last year. Um, showed a lot of flashes of potential. Really athletic player. Um, he showed that he could have a handle and potentially develop a three pointer. Um, he's 20 years of age. 
all the things that, you know, Sam Presti has wanted um, out of a young guy. Um, and like I said, you know, he fits the Presti mold in terms of what he likes you out look of at a players, player. Homie, T. Ferg, Grant, people that he have athleticism. Exactly. He loves, and this man's guy. And, and the thing with LeCue, or LeCue, however you say his name, I feel like he's a, he has a lot of potential. Um, a lot more potential than, like I say, a Hamadou Diallo or a Terrence Ferguson. Like, he's shown the ability to be a ball handler and a playmaker. And with that much athleticism, I, I feel like that, that that makes him a more valuable and a more exciting player than, say, like a, a Diallo or a Ferguson. Because, you know, coming out of coming out of college, um, Diallo was just, you know, targeted as it mainly as a guy that, you know, maybe could play defense and just be super athletic, kind of like a Terrence Ross or, um, you know, maybe he's even drawn comparisons to Andre Roberson. I'm just more athletic. Um, and then Terrence Ferguson came from, wasn't, wasn't it overseas? Australia. I forget. Australia. Yeah. Um, he played at Australia. You know, he was just another athletic talent. Um, but like I say with LeCue, he's he has the ability to be a you know primary ball handler, and that's that's what makes me excited about him personally because a lot of his game in high school and in the G League was through the pick and roll, um, and he was the primary guy on the Suns G League team. And I'm just a a fanboy for players that are super athletic and have other abilities added onto their game. So Same. I'm and already. It's only right the Thunder trade for a guy with the nickname of Baby Russ. Baby Russ, yep. Like, um, a, a Baby Russ cannot be on any other team than the Thunder, okay? Let's just get that straight. Yeah. And another piece of this trade, other than the Kelly Oubre Jr., I feel like Kelly Oubre, everyone knows what he brings to the table. He's athletic. He's a 3 and D wing. Um, but Ty Jerome is a, is a solid piece. Um, I don't like him more than Jalen LeCue. But I think Ty Jerome brings a lot to the table. He's a really good facilitator. Um, he's shown that he can, you know, be a playmaker in an offense. Uh, obviously, he's not going to be, a, you know, a major playmaker in Oklahoma City's offense because we have Ricky Rubio, which may or may not be on the team, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Jalen LeCue. Um, but, you I, I, know, would, I would assume Ty Jerome gets more playtime than Jalen LeCue. Let me just put that straight. I, I, I assume that just because he's more NBA ready, whereas LeCue's going to be kind of a Ty guy. Ty Jerome that, was a first-round draft pick last year. Like yeah, Jalen was exactly. undrafted. The Thunder are exactly. going to bring in and just, I mean, other than maybe Dort, who yeah. played out of his mind last year, mm-hmm. you're not just going to bring in an undrafted guy and start him over a guy mm-hmm. that basically a first round pick last year. I mean, this guy yeah. was selected with the pick after Baisley. So yeah. he, he was, it, it was a high, I mean, not a high, it was 24, but I mean, higher of the lower yeah. draft picks. Or yeah. And, and Presti, you know, I, I, I kind of wonder if he was savvy on LeCue and if Oklahoma city didn't sign door, um, if LeCue would be a guy or would have been the guy that Oklahoma City would have signed for their undrafted, you know, free agent um, class last year because um, Dort was was on Presti's radar for a long period of time. And I, I wonder if he wanted LeCue because, like I said, he fits everything that Presti loves in an NBA player. We all know what Presti loves. Just look at his past draft picks. Um, the only thing that he doesn't fit – I mean, he may. I didn't watch a ton of 
film on him, but I didn't hear anyone say that he was a great defensive guy. And that's something that Presti definitely looks more forward more. And I think that's probably why he rolled with Dort and it worked yeah. out brilliantly. Um, well, trashing Dort at all. Because what, what, what I've seen on, on tape from LeCue, he's six foot three, but he's also 185. And for point guards that are six foot three, um, I feel like he definitely a rust build. I see why he's named baby. Ryan. Yeah. He's a rust build, but um, he, he definitely has a lot more muscle to put on a lot more weight to put on. And I feel like if he put on more weight, he could be more of a pivotal defender because, you know, he's just going to get bodied down in the paint of being 185 or he's just going to get bodied by bigger guards, you know, honestly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. I love, I love that pickup for Oklahoma city, but we can go ahead and move on to, well, uh, we, we gotta, we gotta clear up the other side of this. We did okay. give up Abdul Nader. Didn't <sighs> give up first ball. <laughs> the spark uh, plug of Oklahoma city. <laughs> we, we have to say that because I mean, I kind of expected Nader to take a step uh, last year going into the year. I kind of was trashing Nader. Um, you can ask anyone that knew me last year said that yeah. he was the worst player on the thunder to start the season. <laughs> and um, yeah, he proved me wrong. Yep. I, I was kind of excited to see Nader maybe play 25 plus minutes this year to just see what he could do because other than the starters and Dennis, Nader was like the only guy that I looked at the bench last year and was yeah. like, I think that guy could give us 10 points. <laughs> well, and, and Nader, and Nader, and Nader at one point in the season was shooting 40% from three on like two attempts. Nader's game. a G League MVP, okay? The yeah. Suns got a steal. They got, a, they got an MVP and an MVP candidate in Chris Paul. <laughs> well, that's and, how much we had to give up for Kelly Oubre, okay? That's how yeah. much they value Kelly Oubre. <laughs> you know, um, pivoting kind of to a serious note, um, back when I wrote a trade article on my little blog page, um, I mentioned Abdel Nader as the second most expendable piece that Oklahoma City had um, just because he was shooting so well and being a nice bench piece um, slash wing player for Oklahoma City on a, a you know, on a pretty decent rotation slash, um, you know, minutes. I mean, he's playing – how many minutes was he playing? Like 14 minutes a game? Yeah, he's playing about 14 about 14 and 15 say 10 to yeah. 10 to 14 last year and and a lot of times he was oklahoma city spark plug like like nader hit a lot of big shots for oklahoma he also city played last year surprisingly good defense he yeah like the defensive type yeah and he would go out there and get some nasty but i mean he had some yeah he had poster dunks which is not in his arsenal he had mm-hmm. some nice blocks he did a little bit of everything and i'm going yeah. to definitely miss nader uh he grew on me last year another exactly player. And, and Nader is not that guy that is going to flash and do um, a lot of things that, you know, like pop on the court, but he does everything that you want. You know, he brings a lot of effort every single night. He's not going to, you know, have any excuses. He's going to keep his mouth shut. Um, he's going to be, you know, a role player. He's not, he's not going to try and do things that you don't want him to do. Although he at sometimes took, you know, some ill-advised shots for Oklahoma oh, yeah. City <laughs> um, and, and made a lot of those ill-advised shots. Let's give him credit for that too. True. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, wings are valuable in this league. The Suns lost a valuable wing in Kelly Oubre. You know, they have Mikel Bridges now. Um, Nader can be a rotational piece for them. And he's on a minimum deal. Um, so, like I said in my article, Nader was more likely to be a trade sweetener like he was in this trade 
Um, it's it's sad and, to see him go. And for Nader, he goes to a team that is clearly going into a rebuild into a team that, in my opinion, just chopped into the top five of the Western Conference. Exactly. Yeah, um, I agree. To anyone, I've heard multiple people today tell me that that is not true. The Suns were half a game out of the eighth seed last year. They just <laughs> added a top five MVP candidate to that team. They yep. are a guaranteed playoff team. Yeah. And, and Chris Paul and, just led this Thunder team to the fifth seed in the Suns. Exactly. With, with less talent, let's note that, because Shea Gilgis-Alexander is nowhere near where Devin Booker and is at DeAndre his career. DeAndre Ayton is miles and miles ahead of Stephen Adams. Exactly, and in talent. Chris Paul, the biggest thing in his career is the way he's been elevated. He's elevated big men. He made mm-hmm. David West an all-star. He made Tyson Chandler an all-star. He made DeAndre Jordan relevant, and he made Blake Griffin on the map. That and is Chris he's... Paul. He, he loves the pick and roll. And exactly. Steve-O sort of <laughs> ran it with him, but as yeah. we know, Steve-O may be the most unathletic center in the league um, and just has no offensive threat at all because if he did, he would have backed down P.J. Tucker in the playoffs, but he didn't. <laughs> uh, and this gives him a center that we're going to learn really fast what DeAndre Ayton is because Chris Paul is going to chew him out every single day in practice. Yep. Until yep. They find out exactly what they have in Ayton. And yeah. you also have to remember that they were only half a game out of the playoffs, and Aiton was suspended 25 games last mm-hmm. year because he took the steroids or whatever he did at the beginning of the yeah. year. <laughs> and so they would have made the playoffs last year anyway. And yes, you lose Kelly Oubre, but like I was hearing someone say, you have Mikel Kelly Bridges. was Kelly was the odd man out there. They had Mikel yeah. Bridges, they had Cam John, uh, Johnson, who they were playing in the playoffs. Yeah, they had no point for Kelly Oubre. They exactly. wanted their young guys to get it. So they replaced Kelly Oubre with a guy who was an MVP candidate. And mm-hmm. like I said, Phoenix has a legit shot to be a top four team in the West. I don't think they're championship contenders yet, but with Phoenix, I think... they could still re-sign Aaron Baines. They could still re-sign Dario Sarge, and they still have yep. the mid-level exception for $8 million. Exactly. Sign somebody. Yep. That team's going to be good. Yeah. And, and from what it looks like, Devin Booker took the next step in the bubble. And if he continues that into next season – um, you know, and Devin... there was the, also the rumors that Devin Booker wanted to maybe get out of Phoenix because he wants to win. You're and showing him right now that you that you want to win around exactly. him. And yep. this is they had. I mean, they don't have to do it because I think Devin Booker's locked up. He just signed an extension. But this mm-hmm. shows Devin Booker that you're committed to getting him a winning team. You like yep. what you saw in the bubble. Here, let's go get you an MVP candidate. And I think the Suns with Chris Paul as a leader on that team is going to do some fantastic things next year. Yep. I, I think that the Suns can go two ways. I think that they turn out like the Timberwolves where Chris Paul becomes the Jimmy Butler of that team. And it just blazes everything. With I don't think Booker is going to have a problem with him. Oh yeah. I think, I think he should have a problem with him. Yeah. Um, and that could lead to this, some some dissent within the organization because from what I hear, um, the Suns love Aiton. They love his talent. I mean, he was their He's number just one lazy. Pick. That's all I've yeah. heard. That <laughs> He's lazy. Chris Paul um, will fix that. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I don't think I, if you're a Suns fan listening to this podcast, I I don't think that you're getting the Chris Paul that you had on Oklahoma City this year. I think um, that clock is starting to tick even louder in Chris Paul's head. 
Um, he knew coming into Oklahoma City that this wasn't a championship caliber team, but he wanted to prove to the league that he still had it. Um, so he, you know, he took advantage of his time here in Oklahoma City and had fun. Now he knows that he's, you know, on a competitive basketball team with, you know, all-star type players. He's not going to be the same fun-loving guy um, that Booker is Booker is option one. It's not like the Thunder where Chris Paul was option one. Booker exactly. is option one, and he may – Chris Paul may even be option three for crying out loud. I think eight yeah. will get more points than him this year. Exactly. And the thing about Chris Paul is that you get his leadership and you get his passing. His game doesn't really deteriorate with his age because it's not all – athleticism and fancy yeah he's just going to go out there and he's going to dribble and he's going to pass the ball and he's going to hit his mid-range jumper yeah that's chris ball um and that's what it's it's amazing to see that that's what we got for chris ball and one year ago not a little bit more than one year ago because this would have been back in august I th- when yeah. we traded russ for chris ball oh was it july i thought it was july, july. Like it, was, it was late july july august whenever we traded him it was Chris Paul's contract that was untradeable, and they had to attach picks to it. And then one year <laughs> later, a report came out today that there is zero to minimal interest in Russell Westbrook in the league right now. <laughs> the only team that he's even shown interest is the Charlotte Hornets, and that's just by Michael Jordan saying, I want Russell Westbrook. It wasn't, they haven't talked or anything. Michael Jordan just walked up to the Hornets GM and was like, hey, it'd be cool if we had Russell Westbrook on this team. That's the only interest that anyone has had in Russell Westbrook in the first three days. Of the yep. Trip. And uh, we haven't the heard Bucks, anything. The Knicks and the Suns were all in talks for Chris Paul. That yep. shows you what changed in the year. Yeah. Chris Paul became the more valuable asset, which, um, again, chimes – into the the notion that Oklahoma City escaped Russell Westbrook in the perfect time, you know. Um, as much as I love Russ, it was the exact same thing I was saying last year. Yep, it's yep. Time. His his game is going to fall off. He's yeah. uh, he's too athletic for his age, and um, yeah, it's a lot like Melo. Melo hit that thirty three, thirty four, and took a nose dive to the ground. And yeah. I kind of see that with the way Russ is going, and I kind of see mm-hmm. that. I'm going to throw James Harden's name in there too, because I don't think he's able to do what he's going to be able to do at 35. He's not uh, LeBron. Uh, I I think, I think Harden's game extends longer than Russ's because I feel like with Russ, um, you, like you said, his age is going to outlast his athleticism as he gets older. His athleticism is just going to decline. Whereas Harden's game I feel like a lot of ISO and running around and at 35, I don't think he can do that. But the, the thing that's valuable in the NBA is the three point shot. And as, as long as Harden can continue to shoot the three off the dribble, then he's going to continue to be valuable around the NBA. And, and he's shown that he can be a catch and shoot type guy. I know that that's not what we've seen from Harden in the NBA the past like four or five years. Um, because that's just not no, what he wants him. the ball in his hand now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because he's probably the best ISO player that the NBA has ever seen. But that being said, um, if he can still continue to dribble the ball and you know cause a contact um, around the three point line with you know his step back, um, even as legal as I personally think it is. <laughs> Um, if he can continue to do those things at a high level, I think that Harden's career extends, you know, maybe to 35, 36, like you were saying, 
it doesn't. Um, I just think personally the three point shot is yeah, the most valuable. I'm not thing saying that these guys are not going to be in the league. I'm just saying well, they're going yeah. to be not LeBron level like they are now. They're going to be. I agree with that. I agree with that. I I think that Russ is kind of on the AI track where he's just going to continue. That's a perfect comparison. Yes. I think that he's just going to continue to plummet off of a cliff where I think Harden kind of is more like Dwayne Wade um, where he kind of just goes down a hill, but it's, it's, it's not as. um, I I had somebody tell me yesterday that they thought James Harden was still going to be leading the Rockets at 37. I didn't think that was possible. Um, Yeah, no way. Yeah, no way. (laughs) Um, he's but, he's gonna. I I think that Harden is going to be in a Nets jersey by the end of. I I almost said summer, but I think that's that, the dumbest thing that will ever happen in this league. And we'll talk about <laughs> that in a minute. Um, yeah. Um. So, before we move on to our second segment, um, the Thunder released uh, their city jersey today. I I have some mixed like thoughts these? on it. I don't like it. I think it looks too I think much these like are fire. Oh gosh. Okay. I think it looks too much like the Trailblazers jersey, and it gives me flashbacks to when Damian Lord waved off Paul George okay, and Russell that, Westbrook. That, that doesn't matter anymore. We were better than them this year, okay? But but they can but, say the wave all they want. We were better than Portland, okay? That's all that matters. That's the we have the perfect response to every single Portland fan from now on. We killed your team. Then how come we were better than you guys the next year? <laughs> my thing is, my thing is, is. I, I just don't know how you go from the Native American jersey to that being one of the best, maybe the to best, the best jersey to the amazing memorial jersey on the 25th anniversary of that. Yeah, um, to these, to these. To these. I agree. Out of the three, they are the worst. Um, these are comparable to those gray ones we had. A couple I, uh, I, I don't know I which one is them worse. At first, and the more that I watched them wear it, the more I hated it. I, the, okay. The way I'm going to put these, I don't love these jerseys, but I don't know if you saw those t-shirts that came out with at first where it was just oh, a plain blue with yeah. the Oklahoma City. I was generally shocked that the jersey was not just plain blue. I was so – if it was just been plain blue, I would have said this is one of the worst jerseys ever. <laughs> um, it just says Oklahoma across it. <laughs> this jersey actually has some spark to it as something that you can be like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, it's better than, I don't know if you've seen Brooklyn Nets City jersey, which looks like a five-year-old drew it. Um, yeah. It's better than that. We don't have the worst one. Um, that's all I have to say. It's, it's I, an okay jersey. It's it's not the best, but it's not the worst. <laughs> I, I don't think that – I think that maybe my standards are a little bit too high just because we've had um, really good City jerseys the past two years. We do get one more because we made the playoffs. We get the earned. Yeah, we get the earned. Did we get an? We didn't get an earned one. We did last... not get one last year. Um, <gasps> That's weird. I don't think Why? Any team did. Yeah. Uh, other than the Lakers, who got the Mamba ones, but I think mm-hmm. that was a special scenario. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, we do. They are. They are confirmed to come back this year. Uh, I don't know legit. what that one will look like. Um, but they, I, they I, released those halfway through the season, kind of like they did with the gray ones. Um, yeah. So we'll see then. I wouldn't be surprised if OKC brought back their uh, their old statement jerseys, the navy blue with the navy blue faded faded blue. That was probably, if not the Native American jerseys, my favorite Thunder jersey of all time. It was just so clean. Um, the faded the faded navy blue into like the light Thunder blue, mm-hmm. Ugh, so good, so good. I love that jersey. And then when OKC Gotta would bring wear back the sleeves, right? The sleeves. Uh, 
No, no. <laughs> Get away from me. Get away. I, I think if Oklahoma City were to go like retro and bring back like like a, a jersey from like the Katie era, bring back that navy blue jersey. Okay, the one with yeah, like, I, I, I thought you were going to go somewhere. I see a whole bunch of people that keep saying that the Thunder need to bring back a Supersonics jersey. That will no, never happen. No. Let me that. The no. Thunder have clarified. If, if we had any relation with the Supersonics, we would have Gary Payton and Sean Kemp's number in the Raptors. <laughs> we don't. We have nothing to do with the Supersonics. Anyone yep. that tries to correlate our history with the supersonics we've left that in seattle so whenever they get a team they can hop right back on it and it's not our history okay? yeah w- uh, us people are um the organization doesn't even claim that supersonic we, we don't hate seattle okay we don't hate yeah. seattle seattle just hates us seattle hates us we don't hate seattle like i would be okay with a supersonics jersey but it's not happening yeah. okay exactly it, there, wait till a team goes to Seattle because I guarantee you within the next 10 years there'll be a team in Seattle and they yeah. can have their history back. Exactly. I, it, it disgusts me that when I loaded a 2K and they have Sean Kemp wearing a Thunder shirt. I'm like, that's not Ew. his team. Just Yeah, exactly. That's not his team. Mm-hmm. Gary Payton hates us. Let's just clarify that. <laughs> Gary Payton absolutely hates the Thunder. We're not the Supersonics. The greatest player in the history of the Supersonics hates the Thunder. So let's just clarify. We're not the Supersonics. If if the Thunder wanted the city of Seattle to raid Oklahoma City, they would release a Supersonics themed Thunder jersey. Mm-hmm. And and I, I I think that the Thunder organization is smarter than that. I think that they're more conscious than that about the situation of how much Seattle hates the Oklahoma City Just Thunder. To clarify how much Seattle hates Oklahoma. They released the rank, uh, the team that they want that the I think it was the playoffs last year, um, for college football. Which team do you hate the most? And it was like every state was Alabama or Clemson, except for one, Washington. Up in the top left said Oklahoma. <laughs> I because we took their thun their basketball team. That's the only reason. <laughs> and and those like I, I'm a 49ers fan, and I know how crazy Seattle Seahawks fans. Or I can't imagine how crazy that the Supersonics fans were. The only answer were. I have to Seattle fans was, it's your fault you didn't go to games. It, well, that and their owner. Their yeah. owner. Their didn't. owner, they could not sell out that stadium. Yeah. And so the owner just gave up and yeah. shipped them to Oklahoma City. Yeah. And <laughs> it is your own fault that you don't have a basketball team, okay? Exactly. Yeah. Maybe maybe if Seattle was – I'm not going to say that on this podcast. I don't want a bunch of <laughs> Seattle haters to give us a one-star review. Um, but, yeah, we're going to go ahead and cut into our Around the League segment where we just go over everything that's going into the league. We will be back with you guys in, like, 10 seconds, though. So, yeah, let me uh, let me cut to that. All right, guys, uh, thank you for joining us in the second segment in today's podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the new sounder for our, our Around the League segment where we just go over everything that's going on that's not Thunder-related. Oh, um, So we got, we got a lot to talk about on this end, too. So we'll, we'll get into the biggest, the biggest news that me and Tyler feel um, 
is going on with this trade. So uh, let me let me pull it up real quick. So Shams reported today um, that James Harden wants to basically leave Houston, um, and his top options are Brooklyn and Philadelphia. Okay. First thing I have to say is how dumb does someone have to be to turn down $50 million a year? I think that says one thing about Houston. One, um, Tiller Fertitta – or Fertito, like I said, that we're going to call him on the podcast because Kendrick Perkins called him that. I, I don't um, care. It's $50 million. They are okay. guaranteeing to James Harden that he can have $250 million in the next five years. And I, you're not accepting that? You know what? You know what? Kudos to Harden. Hold on. Let me sneeze. So what? He can go rotten Brooklyn <laughs> with Kyrie Irving? He wants to win, and he knows he's not. He ain't winning in Brooklyn. <laughs> well, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um, we don't know if he's going to Brooklyn. If he goes to Philadelphia, I think that Philly's the team. Philly's a better shot, but the way it sounds like with what a couple people have said is that he, he mentioned Philly, but he's setting his sights on Brooklyn. Yeah. And if um, he goes to Brooklyn, this will go back down as one of the worst trades in the history of the league, because after one game, Kyrie Irving's going to be like, I'm the third option? The man couldn't even be a second option behind LeBron James without pouting. How is he going to be a third option? <laughs> Besides um, two, two guys who are even more, more, more ball hawks than LeBron. I, I'm not saying it's going to work, but I'm giving kudos to James Harden for wanting to at least try and win an NBA championship and 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 make the effort to move towards winning an NBA championship. Okay. I'm not I'm not saying that that Brooklyn team is going to work, but on paper it does when look nice. When are we going to start acknowledging as James Harden as a problem? Because um, okay, White okay. Howard goes to Houston and it does not yeah. work. Chris Paul goes to Houston. And they said there's some chemistry issues between them. Chris Paul leaves, ends up being a great team leader in Oklahoma City. Russell Westbrook doesn't complain for 10 years in Oklahoma City. Talks about how James, James Harden talks how highly he loves Russell Westbrook and all this. And in one year, James Harden is already not even acknowledging Russell Westbrook in the locker room when Russell Westbrook's trying to help him out and yeah. just ignores him. Harden thinks of himself so highly, so yeah. high, and, and you put him on a team with the guy who has even more <laughs> ego than him in Kyrie Irving, and a guy who just called himself the goat a week ago. <laughs> like, how is this going to work? <laughs> I don't even think Kyrie and Katie are going to work. And I thought my friend told me today, and he goes, you put Drew Holiday on Brooklyn, and they're more dangerous than putting James Harden on Brooklyn. And I completely agree with that statement. That is too a many. There is too much hate. offense. There is too much offense and only okay. one ball. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you on that. Um, I, I definitely agree with you on the ego part, right? I think, I think James Harden on Philadelphia, that team is good. That team okay. is really good. Because Are you willing to give Ben Simmons and two first-round picks to Houston? I honestly, you know. That's a lot. <laughs> I, uh, would, it, would it take Ben Simmons, though? Would, okay. Do you think that it would take Ben Simmons? I, I feel the way like, that they're talking with Brooklyn right now, it's going to take Ben Simmons. Okay, 
So, because Houston I feel like... does not, they they want to get young. Tobias Harris and Al Horford does not do that. Okay, but think about it. Philadelphia still has their draft picks, and and they also have Matisse Thybul. Um, Josh okay, Richardson isn't young. You have to understand that Houston's looking at this as we have a top five player in the league. We mm-hmm. don't want to trade it. Woj has stated that multiple times last well, yeah. year. Houston has zero interest in trading James Harden. Yeah. So much that they offered him to be the highest paid player in the league today, and he declined it. And then they stated right after that that it's fine. We'll start the season with him, and we'll repair our relationship. They want to keep him. They're, if they're going to trade him, they are going to ask for a Paul George to trade or a Pelicans Anthony Davis trade. It's going to be <laughs> three, two to three young players, including yep. an All Star Shea, Bi. I don't think Matisse Seibel's in there. I I think it has to be Ben Simmons, and even if you give up Ben Simmons. I think the Houston's going to look at that and be like, cool, we're giving you a top five player in the league who's a former MVP. We want yeah. more. We want at least one, maybe two first-round picks on top of that. And, you know, does Felix say yes to that trade? Because I feel like they want to keep Philly Ben Simmons. Because I, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid doesn't work. Clearly, well, yeah. the last four years, but, it doesn't work. Uh, that's true. They don't really have anywhere to go. They're stuck with Tobias Harris and Al Horford. But where does especially where does, now that Chris Paul's off the table? That was their way of getting rid of Al Horford's contract. You can't. I do feel that. like I feel like I. You know, now thinking about that, I think that that works out perfectly for both teams. Um, because what 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 does Philadelphia lack with their primary ball handler shooting? <laughs> um, James Harden can do all the things like playmaking wise that Ben Simmons can do and maybe with a little bit less vision, but he can still, you know, you know, dime. Like he's shown that he has the ability to be a point guard um, with shooting. The thing that hurts the Sixers is that Ben Simmons is a guy who needs the paint. He wants to to work with Ben Simmons. You need to put four shooters around him. Exactly. And let him have the whole paint to himself. You need to allow him. The problem with Philly is they have, a top three center in Joel Embiid, and they're telling him to stand at the three-point line so that Ben Simmons can work in the paint. It just doesn't work. I mean, you can't have both Joel and Ben Simmons in the paint. It's clear it doesn't work. I know they signed Doc Rivers, but Doc Rivers immediately, the first thing he said was that he was willing to trade for the first overall pick and Ben Simmons would be on the table. And that was the first thing that Doc Rivers said. And that if that was not a clear invocation, and I'm a guy who has said that for Philly, if they were going to blow it up, I would keep Ben Simmons and trade Joel Embiid because it's easier to build around Ben Simmons than it's around Joel Embiid. Mm -hmm. But if you can get James Harden, then you you keep Embiid. James Harden and Joel Embiid are two top ten players in the league. They would be in the same category as LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Yeah. Would you, they be, giving up wow. Ben Simmons, you don't have to give up Al Horford. You don't have yeah. to give up Tobias Harris. You probably don't have to give up Matisse Thybul. You could keep your whole team. Yeah, and and Matisse Thybul's, you know, uh, a a wing that you is probably going to start for that team next year. You, you know that. Or power yeah, forwards. yeah. So you have, man, that team would be so good. You'd have James Harden at point guard, probably. Right. Josh Richardson. Tobias. Um, Josh Harris. Richardson. 
Tobias Harris, Thibel, and Horford then and Embiid, and then yeah. remove Horford to the bench like they were. <laughs> I don't know how you're picking a guy a max contract <laughs> off the bench, but you do you, Philly. Uh, I still love the Al Horford podcast we had a couple weeks ago. Uh, so much has changed, but man, <laughs> I, I think that's a better trade. And if you're Houston, mm-hmm. um, I know. Kendrick Perkins, who is somebody that I think we need to start taking in consideration as a newsbreaker now. Yeah, him and Scoop B. Him and Scoop B. Because Scoop B has broken a lot of stuff and a lot of people. He's hinting at a ton of Philly stuff this week. Yeah. Which is very interesting. Um, But, I mean, Perk was the one who went on national television, and we know he has the relationship with these guys. Oh, yeah. Him and Russell Westbrook. Russ and Harden both. Mm. While in Oklahoma City, he has a relationship with them. And he said that they told him not to say anything. He went on national television to save their careers, is how he put it. Yeah. That they both wanted out. And... Looking at it now, um, I don't know how James Harden – I'm still confused because, in my opinion, he took the cap off and he was saying cap, but then there's people saying that it's no cap and he wants to be <laughs> traded. Um, yeah. This is this is Twitter for you guys. Never look into Twitter on anything. <laughs> it'll just make you go into a deep dive hole. But yeah, I think, honestly, if you're James Harden, yes, like you said, maybe a championship is worth it to you. But I don't know if you're winning the championship on either one of those teams. Um, I think he gets closer. Let, let I think me, he gets closer, but let me, is, it, let me, is it worth turning down $50 million? <laughs> I mean, he's still going to be getting paid 43 45 and $48 million But it's going next... to drop. That's, that was $103 million guaranteed. Just guaranteed. They were handing that over to you. They were like... Harden, look, this is basically what the Bucks did to Giannis, which we'll talk about in a minute. Let me. Let We're me, committed let me, to you. Let me. Let me break Here's it down this way. Let me. Let me break it down this way. So Harden had to make the difficult decision to say, "Am I going to take money and to dwell on the Rockets, who a probably aren't going to be competing for a championship?" Because they'll be a playoff team, but they're not going to be competing for a championship. I think he learned that this year, losing in the second round um, to the Lakers. Or he can choose to take less money, but still making a lump sum, 43, 45, and 48. And then I think it's 38 mil this year for the next four years, is it? Um, Is it three years on his contract? I thought it was four left. I could be wrong. Um, because they gave a two-year extension. I don't think you can extend anyone past five years. I, I, I could be wrong. But that, that is a damn lot of money. Um, and and I, I think that Harden recognizes that. And I even with the salary cap implications with the pandemic, um, yes, 50 mil a year is a lot of money. But I, I think Harden is, a, is the type of guy that cares about his legacy. And, and I think when it comes down to it. If when, he cared about his legacy, he wouldn't shoot as many free throws. Uh, let's okay. That's what leads. That's what leads the Houston Rockets to win so many games in the regular season. Note that's that it doesn't. It doesn't. So good. I'm not gonna joke. It. It is a very effective way of getting points 
I just, and a lot of Thunder fans, including Matt Pinto, if you listen to the yeah. Thunder radio, absolutely hate James Harden game. And I think anyone yeah. in the NBA is going to tell you. I hate like, James Harden's hate game. James Harden's game. But, I like but, James Harden as a player. I just hate his game. I, it's, it is, fake in my opinion. It He's is, there it's. And drives and flops to get a foul call and the rest <laughs> gives him every single time. The, in the regular team. season. In the regular season. Not, yeah, it doesn't like work in the postseason. I mean, yeah. he's still working in the playoffs. As long as Dort wasn't on him, <laughs> give him an air foul call yet. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I, I, like I said, going back Dort's to what I was saying. <laughs> like like <laughs> I was saying, um, Harden's at the point of his career. He's 31. Um, he's at the point of his career where he wants to win an NBA championship. That clock is ticking. And he, and he knows that. Um, obviously, I, d- I don't think that Brooklyn works, but you know, NBA players before they join teams feel like that they can put their ego aside and you know help a team win an NBA championship. He couldn't even work with Russell Westbrook. Let's just get this straight. He couldn't yeah. work with Russell Westbrook. So, Paul. so what makes him think that he's going to work, work with Kyrie? Kevin Durant and Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> And and you know, like I said, talent wise, that team looks really good on paper. But that team, I mean, if if Plus, the Harden that ESPN drew up where they don't give up Kyrie, which is what Perkins said that the Houston's asking for, and which would just be hilarious, I think. Yeah. Crazy. But uh, <laughs> Kyrie the Irving they're would... asking for would be Karis Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, uh, Joe Harris, and DeAndre Jordan with three first-round picks. Who's left on the Nets? I, I think that they take the Lakers approach and they just signed a bunch of high-value vets. Like I know the Houston's supposed to send back P.J. Tucker in that trade. Um, yeah. But, I mean... I mean, you, you're if you're Brooklyn, you use those three... Somebody starting a center. Okay, okay, okay. Let me, let me break it down. So if you're Brooklyn, in that situation, you draw in valuable vets that are willing to take the minimum or the MLE. I don't know if but Brooklyn would still... But you only have $8 million. The Lakers, did, they didn't get that extra contract. Well, well, they were yeah, able to sign a Kawhi. whole bunch of guys. But, they were able to but... sign Danny. They were able to sign KCP. They were able to sign... Um, who else? Avery Bradley. You yeah. take Danny Green and KCP off that Lakers team, and they're not contending. I mean, they're still contending, but they're not. The KCP and Danny Green were two of the major reasons they won a championship this year. Yeah. Um. But like I said, excuse me for yawning. Um. You can get a lot of guys on the vet minimum, and I, I'm sure that there's tons of players around the league that are willing more than willing to sacrifice taking money, kind of like what James Harder did, to take the vet minimum to compete for a championship. I'm not saying that the Brooklyn Nets would be a championship team because I agree with you. I don't think that Plus many you have egos. The, one of the greatest passers at head coach, coaching the three best ISO players in the league? Well, okay, note this. Note this. I – I, I don't know if it was in Woj, Woj's article or Sham's article or somebody's article, um, but Harden stated, or from what it was rumored, that he wants to work in the offense with more ball movement. So maybe, maybe that's okay. a sign. Maybe that's that. a sign that well, Harden. You're telling me that James Harden, who wouldn't even let Russell Westbrook be the point guard this year, 
is willing to just be like, all right, Kyrie, I'll go stand in the corner. You can be the ball handler. Because James Harden's not doing it. James Harden's entire game the last two years has been give me the ball at the top of the key. I'm going to ISO this and hit my step back jumper. I mean, think about this. So when Chris Paul and James Harden played together, the majority of their minutes were separated from each other, except for them in the final minutes of the fourth, right? So you get a bunch of dudes on the vet minimum. I feel like Katie can play anywhere on the court. Um, he's shown that when he played in Golden State, he's willing to sacrifice the role as primary ball handler and play within a system that has ball movement. I yeah. feel like in I feel like in this system, um, Kyrie and James Harden are the only two players that are in question, right? Um, I, I, I feel like Kyrie has to have the ball in his hands at all times to be a valuable player. Um, that's just the type of guy he is. He creates his offense with his dribble, um, and with his handle. Um, and you know, it continues from there. Whereas James Harden, I feel like, like I said, he can, he's shown the ability to shoot the three point shot. So he is more expendable, um, off the ball rather than a Kyrie Irving. So if, 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 if the reports are true and, and if some massive ego change occurs within James Harden, where he <laughs> not realizes massive, ginormous ego change. A ginormous ego change happens within James Harden and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Um, I think that that team could work. I, I think that it would have to go Kyrie Irving's the primary ball handler. James Harden would definitely have to sacrifice a lot of ball handling duties to be more of an off-ball player, which could work, but it makes him a less valuable player going into the when future. When Harden's not averaging 35, he's going to throw a fit. When Kyrie ah. is not averaging 25, he's going to throw a fit. When Durant, who will be the number one option because he's Kevin Durant, just yeah. does what he does. He doesn't care because he's already yeah. played on a super team. As long as yeah. he gets finals MVP, he could care less. Yeah. Um, as long as he's – rubbing it in that he's the GOAT, which is what he <laughs> said this week. I mean, I don't know if you saw that. Did you see that? I, I heard. I, I, said, I heard that he was saying since he's beat LeBron two times and people compare LeBron to Michael Jordan, then what does that mean? Where does he that He said him? that if he beats LeBron this year, <sighs> then he should be above LeBron. Because he's already beat LeBron twice. No, no. dude. You didn't no. beat LeBron. The Warriors the beat Warriors LeBron. Beat the LeBron. Warriors beat LeBron. But, dude, I was finals MVP. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Like we said, your rings don't count. And, again, <laughs> Ky- Kevin Durant's scared. He's trying to create this super team because he knows he can't beat LeBron. <laughs> and he's going to win another ring if he does. And then everyone's going to be like, oh, did you see how good Kevin Durant is? But if yep. LeBron James did this exact same thing, if LeBron was the guy who was calling up James Harden and saying, hey, come join the Lakers, every single person on Twitter would be complaining that LeBron just plays for super team. Yep, yep. And and uh, I it was there was an ESPN an analyst that said um, it's funny how LeBron joins the West and every single superstar starts flooding out East. Mm-hmm. It's kind of true. It's kind it of true. Completely true. It's completely true. I mean, the West is basically is basically slowly but surely becoming the NBA's East of past, and the East is slowly turning into the but, West. Let me just clarify one thing. We are sitting here as Thunder fans. 
Of course we won James Harden trading. <laughs> yeah, uh, 100%. Like, we're just saying that it doesn't make sense to us. But please but, trade him to Brooklyn. Because oh, then yeah. those picks that we get, oh, hallelujah. Yes, Houston can run Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie for the next couple of years. We saw what they did in the bubble. They didn't even oh, win yeah. a game. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> I will take Houston. As long as they just are not top five picks, The lo- I need the lottery luck to be on Oklahoma City's side. I, I need I need Houston to suck, but not too oh, bad. those two pick swaps. That's all I'm curious about. Oh, those those pick swaps are very valuable, too. Um but yeah, trade away James Harden. That one where we switched with Miami, Houston, and Oklahoma yeah. City, and then Houston with a really bad team could end up with Miami's first round pick, which would be like yeah. twenty five after they yeah. get Giannis, maybe. It exactly. Isn't happening, but we just yeah. don't sit here. And yeah. Um, but moving on from James Harden, uh, we have Russell Westbrook, which is which is an even more interesting case because. We're we're now in two. No one wants the man. <laughs> yeah, it, every report was talking about Chris Paul, um, Drew Holiday, and James Harden, but we have not heard much other than like you stated earlier in the podcast, the Charlotte Hornets, uh, maybe the Knicks, um, but maybe no. now because Chris Paul, but they still haven't. I mean, they haven't said anything. Yeah, there there's been no potent rumors. Other than Russell I saw Westbrook. that the Knicks would not give up their first round pick for Russ. They will not give up that seventh pick for Russell Westbrook. Yeah. And which it makes means, complete sense. Yeah, I mean it shows you how I mean, I hate to say it, you know, as a as a Thunder fan and a hard Russ fans. Yeah, I have two Russell Westbrook jerseys hanging up in my room right now. Russ like, will always be our boy. Yeah, um, but but it, Truth be told, he's at the point in his career where he has awful value. And, and I hate to say it, it hurts to say, he probably has the worst contract in the National Basketball Association okay, right let's now. let's not go that far. Nicholas Batoon's making okay, Al Horford. dollars this year. Al Horford. For Al Horford, <laughs> $28 million for the next four years. Okay. okay? There's two contracts right there. Nicholas Batum has not played <laughs> basketball in three years and is making $28 million. <laughs> No one clarifies this. I, I remember Shams just tweeted out like two days ago that Nicholas Batum accepted his player option. And I was like, that's shocking. And Nicholas Batum turning down $27 million when the man hasn't played basketball in like three years? What happened to him? What, like, I have not so heard. I pulled up his stats because I know we haven't talked about this on here, but the jump yeah. put out a serious trade. If you don't know, the jump on ESPN put out a serious trade before everything that went down, which was Chris Paul to the Clippers, the Hornets getting Lou Will, Patrick Beverly, and Montrezl Harold, and the Thunder getting Nicholas Batum. <laughs> this was a serious trade. And I was like, what in the world? Why are huh? the Thunder trading Chris Paul for Nicholas Batum? So I just huh? jokingly pulled up his stats, okay? Mm-hmm. The man averaged – a good year in his last year in Brooklyn. I think it was about 18 points, 15 to 18 yeah. points last year in, not Brooklyn, Portland, um, when he was playing with LMA and Dame. Yeah. He signs this huge contract to Charlotte, averages yeah. 15 points in his first year at Charlotte, plays really good. And since then, he has not averaged more than four points again. <laughs> Michael Jordan and the Charlotte Hornets have paid this guy – 25 million dollars for the last three years to score four points a game 
Oh, man. And the jump had the serious audacity <laughs> to say that the Thunder would trade Chris Paul to the Clippers in return for Nicholas Batum. And the Hornets trading Nicholas Batum would get Montres Harold, Blue Will, and Patrick Beverly in return. I don't know if they switched up the teams and thought Chris Paul played on the Hornets still because that was a thing that formerly happened. It wasn't the Charlotte Hornets, but he did play for the Hornets, and maybe they uh. just – I mean, we haven't seen Nicholas Batum. Maybe he was in a Thunder jersey and just no one has seen him. Uh, <laughs> I still don't understand. But, yes, Russell's contract is bad. Let's just get But that. not worse than – It's not Nicholas Batum's $27 million player option that the Hornets are paying. <laughs> thank, um, you, thank you for correcting me. But <laughs> um, I, I think that the Hornets trade, you know, I could see that happening. Nicholas um, Batum for Russell Westbrook. Uh, I contract match. That contracts match. they they do match. <laughs> um but that being said i uh, if if russ is going to go anywhere other than charlotte or new york i feel like houston has to attach picks to his contract and and i hate to say that but like no because i think you say no willing to do that i think ah. if the Clippers didn't have to give up pg and they just were like hey we'll give you pap evan lou williams <laughs> and the Rockets. Would they have like, cap? You know what? If they if they cleared up, they let Montrose Harold walk. Okay. They let Marcus Morris walk. They then trade Lou Williams and they trade Patrick Beverly. Yes, they have enough cap. That's yeah. I, I feel like that, that would I, work. I think Russell Westbrook, PG, and Kawhi would be interesting to see. Um, yeah. We saw Russ and PG. It worked. It worked yeah. two years ago. They were a good. And, and team. Russ, they were missing Russ... one piece. And that piece was not Steven Adams. It was probably <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. I mean, yeah. Kawhi is a top three player in this league for a reason. Yeah. You put him on that team. And I think the Clippers, I wouldn't I don't know if I'd call them the favorites in the West, but they'd be up there again. Um they I mean they'd lose their entire bench. They'd lose both their six men. They would lose Pat Bev. Um, I'd probably assume that Landry Shamit would probably be in that deal too. Um because the Rockets probably want a young player. Mm-hmm. Especially, mm-hmm. I mean, you could probably switch out. I don't know if they have any first. Um, a first, if you have any left, LA um, to the Hornets <laughs> or to the Rockets instead. They're like twenty twenty seven pick. Yes, yes. Like the Lakers <laughs> were willing to give up the twenty twenty seven first rounder in like a Chris Paul trade. I saw. Yeah, like, and yeah. and if and if you're the Clippers, you have to go all in this year. Like, oh, your yeah. whole entire future relies on getting. One one championship this year, you know, and or getting Pat close Bev to is it. Not that point guard. Exactly. Um, he's I he's not the point guard of and, the future. And Russell Westbrook still put up twenty five a game last year. Um, mm-hmm. he was having a good season, other than when he got the quad injury. Um, yep. I mean, I remember going to the Thunder game against the Rockets this year, and he absolutely torched the Thunder. Yeah. And he he Russell, let's just get this clear. Russell Westbrook's not a bad player. He's, he's just, just not, not the same his player. MVP. Yeah, exactly. It's still going to go out there and drop 20 to 25 in a season. Exactly. Um, and he'll still get you around 10 assists. Yeah, he's going to get you about seven rebounds. Mm-hmm. Eight, seven to eight rebounds, eight to nine assists, maybe 10. Um, yeah. That's a solid season. Yeah, and, and it's and it's not like I, – I, I don't think it's Russell Westbrook's play that makes him such a – untradeable oh, asset it's his contract. Three years on his contract yeah he's he's he has a he's on a supermax extension and he's making 40 Which 40 he 
completely deserved. Exactly. I mean, during that MVP year, um, don't, Oklahoma don't City won. Don't let anybody won. tell you the Thunder shouldn't have gave him that contract. He exactly. earned that contract. He earned that. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, looking at like best fit for Russell Westbrook, I think that the Clippers are the most obvious choice just because they have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Um, and, you know, like you said, that um, he's worked with Paul George before. Um, I think second would probably be um, the Hornets. Uh, I, work. He's a Jordan athlete. Um, yeah. Um, and I, I, I think Jordan would love to have him there. The Hornets yeah. don't, aren't going to land a superstar. They're the Hornets. Um, yeah. It's, it's Charlotte. And, they're, and they're and I think city. you're not going to land. I think I think Jordan would be willing to make some moves to accommodate Russell Westbrook. You know, I, he, I definitely Russell Westbrook is his star athlete at Jordan. Exactly. Right? I mean, Zion and, is the future of that, um, and probably will surpass Russ very, very, very soon. Um, probably. Next but season. right now, Russell Westbrook's the face of Jordan. Uh, exactly. The guy who has the most or the best shoe from Jordan right now is the Why Nots. It's it's always uh-huh. Russ. Mm-hmm. Um, CP was that guy. It got handed over to Russ. Kimba was a Jordan athlete. Has played with with Michael Jordan, and he did everything mm-hmm. in his power to give yeah. Kimba Walker a team. And that's yeah. they were the Hornets. And I saw a Hornets fan say this, and he goes, "The Hornets are built to be the eighth or ninth seed in the East, and it does not matter." Yep. They yep. legit had Kimba Walker. Let him walk for absolutely nothing <laughs> and still finish with the exact same record they had the year before. Exactly. And, and from a business perspective, adding Russell Westbrook to that team that, you know, that gets fans in arenas. I mean, even, even though we're in the middle of a pandemic, I guarantee you that whatever capacity the Hornets will set. Um, I assume there's that, only five or 10 teams that are going yeah. to allow fans. Um, I assume Warriors. Yeah. Oh my but you're gosh, doing 50%. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, I, I think that it works with Charlotte. And, you know, Russ has said, um, based off of reports, that he wants to go back to a facilitator role, somewhat like he had in Oklahoma City. And he would get that with the Hornets. I mean, he would be the centerpiece of that franchise for the next four years. Um, they would try their best to build Help around train him. train Devontae Graham. Yep, exactly. Whoever they want to um, select with the third pick. Yeah, exactly. And then the Knicks, um, I, I don't want to see Russ go to the Knicks. I feel like um, him going to the Knicks means that his career is basically over. Um, he's just going to rot away in New York City. New York fans will probably love him. Um, they will but... love him as much as they love Melo. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very sparingly at at best, you know. I mean, Melo's going to get his jersey retired in New York. Oh, so. yeah. I mean, Knicks fans, whenever they get somebody that's close to an all-star If level, the Knicks land any person who's even close to an all-star slash superstar, they are going to treat the man like he's the best player in the league. Yeah. And I think that's what brings – I mean, Melo has – said multiple times he wouldn't mind going back to New York and it's because of how much the fans loved him yeah and they haven't had that in a while and yes I yeah. think Russell Westbrook could supply that but as huge Russell Westbrook fans here we just want to see him win a championship exactly. and I think the best chase scenario is the Clippers I know yeah. we should be rooting against the Clippers but I wouldn't mind Russ having his championship for one yeah. and then yes blow the entire team up please yeah <laughs> 
I, I think another intriguing option for Russ, I know we that we haven't heard a lot about it, um, but I think the Pistons would be a really good fit for Russ. Um, from what I, I don't – Straight up. Not even Blake Griffin straight up. I feel like if the Pistons wanted to, you know, maybe try a Blake Griffin-Russell Westbrook duo, you know, maybe that's formidable to maybe get you in the, the top five, like a fifth, sixth, seventh seed. Um, they're not so you're saying for... replace Derrick Rose with Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I mean, you know, package maybe a first, um, a young young player. I'm not too keen on what the Pistons have other than Blake Griffin. I'm gonna be honest. Who with you. is the most? I mean, when when healthy, Blake is a talent, but exactly, he's not um, healthy ever. Yeah, um, you know, you have both of those guys, and you know, maybe the Pistons are are good next season. Like, not great, but good. I mean that that would be they a fun team. Casey. They've got a good coach. Mm-hmm. They're missing one piece. Exactly. Other than maybe trading Drummond for a bag of chips like they did last year. Yeah. I I think the Pistons would be a very good team for Russ to, you know, spend the rest of his career on. Um but yeah, that that's that's enough for Russell Westbrook talk. Um <laughs> now we're getting to my favorite trade. Um it actually just happened about an hour hour or two ago. Okay, it's been two hours now, sir. It's been two hours. Almost three hours. Yeah. The Pelicans just finesse the box. <laughs> David Griffin is a legend. David, David Griffin, Griffin is on and Sam, Sam Presti need to play a game of chess because these two men are about to own the draft for the next five years. <laughs> and and this is Drew Holiday. This isn't even this isn't even a Paul this George. Is, this is a thirty-year-old shooting guard who was not even an All-Star this year. Yeah, he's he's averaging nineteen points per game. Nineteen points that, per game. When I saw the report, the Denver came out and said that they were interested in Drew Holiday, but they were having to trade up into the top ten to then package that pick to send to Drew Holiday. And I was like, "What is going on with Drew Holiday that the yeah. Pelicans could get a top ten pick for?" Like, there's no way. It's like, that's yeah. a joke. They're not going to give up Michael Porter Jr. for Drew Holiday. I don't know if that was the case, but I don't know what else the Nuggets would have given up or given up to get a top ten pick. It didn't happen because this trade happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that this trade kind of goes back to what the Oklahoma City Thunder did was leverage was the main player in this trade. Um, you look back at Oklahoma City when they traded Paul George away. They were using Russell Westbrook and Paul George and the Raptors um, mm-hmm. to really leverage the Clippers into giving them, you know, as we know, pick swaps and four first-round picks. Because if Paul George wasn't on that Clippers team, Kawhi Leonard was going to sign with the Lakers. That's what he told them. And the Clippers knew that. So they had to make the best offer that Sam Presti wanted um, because Sam Presti was in control. And – they made that deal. So kind of looking at it from David Griffin's perspective, um, David Griffin's a, a really good GM. We see, we've seen that today. He, he, when he was with LeBron, he always put a contender around LeBron. And now exactly. what he's doing here in New Orleans, yeah, and, same exact thing. He yeah. got lucky with Zion and he sees that he's got BI now and he's got maybe Lonzo. I don't know if they trade him now, but yeah, you go into next year and you have Eric Bledsoe at the point. You have, I'm going to say, undisclosed player at the shooting guard because I don't know who you're playing there right now. Josh Hart? Josh Hart, 
even Lonzo maybe you even maybe move Eric Bledsoe over to shooting guard and play God, Lonzo I, at I, point guard. Yeah. Um small forward to BI, Zion at power forward, and Derek Favors is probably going to leave. So you move Jackson Hayes to Jackson the Hayes. Position. Jackson Hayes is a good talent. I like And Jackson you just Hayes. got five first round picks from Milwaukee. Three first, two pick swaps. Two pick swaps. I know I'm gonna say it's five first, okay? Let's just get that mm-hmm. clear. They got five draft picks for 30-year-old Drew Holiday, along with Eric Bledsoe. Who's who, a flippable asset. Who's that. a flippable asset and mm-hmm. is a 15-point-a-game starting point or, guard who yeah. is just as good as Dennis Schroeder or anyone else. Yeah. They also got George Hill, who shot 50% last season and 40% yep. from three, one of the yep. best backup point guards in the league, averaging about mm-hmm. I think it was about 11, 12 points a game for the Bucks last year. That's a huge loss for Milwaukee. Yep. Is JJ, Redick, that is, is JJ Redick still? He's still in. He's still in the Pelicans. That that he bench wants that playoff backcourt, streak to start continue. That that bench backcourt, George Hill and JJ Redick off the bench. You got some shooters. You got some shooters. You got some shooters. And you finally have a healthy Zion going into next year. You have Bi who turned into an All Star. Yep. Like the Pelicans are set for the future, especially. I mean, if if Giannis does leave Milwaukee, which it looks like now, if he leaves Milwaukee, he's leaving them in shambles. Let's just put that straight. It's shambles. Shambles. They just threw everything at the table and said, please, we promise we can build a team around you. Here's our last ditch effort. I mean, they just, as we saw, they traded for Bogdan too. They gave up basically their entire team and said, let's go, Giannis. We we get it. You have not had championship team. We got you this year. Let's go try yeah. something different. And, 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 and Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis, that's, that's, that's a solid big three. I'm, I'm not too keen on Middleton. I think he's overrated. Um, I don't think that he's worth his max contract he gets. Yeah, he's definitely. a good, solid player. Um, yeah. Um, Drew Holiday, though, the only I, thing- I – Drew Holiday is one of the best defenders in the league. Two-way yes, guys 100%. out there. Yes. I just don't know the, the one thing that I've had with the problem with the Bucks, and I don't think this solves it. They don't have a guy that they can look at and be like, I want you to go hit the game when he shot. Yeah. I mean, you look at Giannis and he can – For three. You know, not – eh. Because eh. in that Houston game, we saw this in the bubble, down by three. And what did they do? Giannis grabbed the ball, he panicked, he passed it to Middleton, who stood there and panicked because he didn't feel like he should have shot it. Passed it to George Hill, who ended up just shooting it because there was only like one second left and almost airballed it. Like they don't have a guy who, like a J.J. Reddick or a Danny Green, yeah. they will just go out there and hit that shot. Yeah. They need that. I guess Bogdan could be that guy now. Um, yeah. But uh, You know what they need? They're going to run this... a lineup of... This is completely a joke. Bogdan, they need Al Giannis. Horford. They need Al Horford. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> they definitely do not need Al Horford. Um, <laughs> let's just get that clear. No just, one needs Al yeah. Horford, okay? Let's yeah. just get that clear. Too. Maybe the Warriors. That's the only team that I think that could actually use Al Horford. But the Bucks, <laughs> they had to do this. Um, I don't know if I would have given five first-round picks, technically. Uh, I, the original trade. So let me let me put out the way I describe this. So I saw Sham put out 
the deal was Eric Bledsoe, um, George Hill, and draft picks. He put yeah. S. And I was like, oh, they got two first. I was like, that's a lot. Like, Yeah, I when I saw the three first, first picks, and I then lost my Woj, mind. Woj comes in, and he goes, they're still discussing draft picks, and it's significant draft picks. And I was like, mm, whoa. Significant compensation. I said, huh, what? <laughs> and then Woj comes on and goes, oh, they got three first. And I was like, oh. Wow, they actually got three first and two draft swaps. I was like, whoa, (laughs) wait a minute. So basically, in two years now, the Pelicans have traded Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday Mm -hmm. for every single first-rounder that the Lakers own and every single first-rounder that Milwaukee owns for the next (laughs) five years. So if either one of those teams has a bad season, the Pelicans are going to be like, Hi, you guys go back to your winter wonderland of winning championships because we get your pick. And they already have the future of the league in Zion Williamson on that team along with an all-star in BI. Like, yeah. the Pelicans are set so much for the future. This was an amazing trade for the Pelicans. Yep. For the Bucks, we'll wait and see if Giannis stays. If Giannis stays, this works. If he doesn't, oh, no. You just messed up, but yeah. the Pelicans win this trade my eyes by a mile because it's Drew Holiday. It's not a oh, top yeah. five player. It's yeah, Drew Holiday. It's Drew Holiday, and and I, I think like I was saying, David Griffin, um, he knew that he had the leverage in that situation, and he pulled a Sam Presti, uh, what Sam Presti did on the Clippers. He's like, if you don't get Drew Holiday, CP3 is already on the Suns. Obviously, the uh, from what I read, the Bucks didn't make a call. To see you what we would have gotten for Chris Paul if they were given to give up that much for Drew Holiday. I, I think that they, they wanted Drew Holiday before Chris Paul. And and I think Oklahoma City knew that because they didn't – like there was reports saying that uh, the Bucks didn't even call Oklahoma City about um, Chris Paul. So they, they were primarily going after Drew Holiday. And I think that shows with the three first-round picks. Um, but that being said, David Griffin knew that. Um, he probably obviously had some communication around the league. Um, and he knew that, you know, um, if, if, if the Bucks don't make a move, you know, Giannis might be gone. And I'm sure that that went on with conversations and, uh, he, he backed the Bucks GM into a, a corner and, you know, he, he got the best deal that he could have possible for, you know, a player that, like you said, isn't even a top five guy, um, um, you know, people think Oklahoma City is set for the future. Um, they have Shea Gilgis Alexander, but the Pelicans have already an all-star forward and the potential future of the league in Zion Williamson and the Lakers picks, plus now, uh, you know, the Hall of Milwaukee Bucks picks, you know. Um, and in all of those picks, like you said, are reliant on this year. And if Giannis leaves, my God, that that Bucks team is back to uh, back to the lottery. Um, the, they're the stuck. Bucks are stuck with Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday for the next <laughs> two years. That they're two best players. Yeah, and and, I, and I'm no sorry. Draft I'm s- picks for five years. Yeah, I'm sorry, Bucks fans. Drew Holiday is you know uh, amazing, an amazing player. Um, he's not you know he's not he's he's close to being a top five twenty five player, but he's not you know he's not. Giannis, or he's not like a superstar he's a top player. Top ten defensive player. Yeah, offensively that. he's okay. He's okay, he's okay offensively. Yeah. What would you compare Drew Holiday to offensively? 
like looking at it. Yeah, like what would be your your comparison? Because he's he has a decent handle on the ball. He can shoot. Yeah. Um. I think it's hard because like he he doesn't exceed in anything. He kind of just Chris is Paul good. without the mid range jumper. Like ah, I see that mid range jumper. Yeah. He's he's a better defender than Chris Paul for sure. Oh um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I I'd think... say if 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 you take away Chris Paul's clutch ability, let's let's do that. Let's take away Chris Paul's okay. clutch ability. There's Drew Holiday's offensive game. I was I was thinking like like a CJ well not CJ McCollum because CJ McCollum's a bucket sometimes. Yeah, CJ McCollum is a bucket. Whereas Drew Holiday's kind of just Drew Holiday is a guy who's going to go out there and you will at least guarantee you fifteen points a night. Let's just fifteen to twenty points. Yeah, Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> That's yeah. a good comparison. Yeah. Like man, he was traded for. Yeah, um, yeah, Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> That's yeah, that is really true. But Eric Bledsoe is not he's not as good as Stephon. Yeah, for sure. I think it was Katie um that talked about Drew Holiday on a latest podcast. It was like a couple months ago, and he was saying that Drew Holiday is that guy that you know um is one of the guys in the league that you can switch one from position one to four, maybe even the five, um, if they play small ball. So Milwaukee gets that. Drew, Drew Holiday's six foot three. Let's he ain't playing. Well, <laughs> well, I know that, but um, you know, one to four he, is he maybe guard one through three. I'll give him that. I don't, I Katie's don't words are one through four. From that's, what that's I, that's a bold take, but I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. Um. So uh. Yeah. The David Griffin's a top three GM now in my book. I. I I'm pretty sure he is in your I book too. I think it too. goes Presties, uh, Presti. We'll go Warriors GM. I think it's Ron Adams. I still don't know his name. And then we'll go David Griffin. Yeah, I would throw Danny Ainge up there. I I, I, still I, I think... would put Danny Ainge four because I, okay. he's talked about all these like last three years landing the splash and he hasn't done it. That's true. Yeah, he has in his biggest the splash was still... Kyrie Irving, who blew up one year in Boston. <laughs> That's true, and they still don't have a center. So, yeah, that's just true. Their best center was Aaron Baines, and they let him walk in free agency, which hey, was baffling. Fire this year, man! I don't know what you're talking. About. <laughs> he was, but he's not what they want. No, they want a rebounding. They center. want Stephen Adams. Yeah, they want Stephen Adams. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll move on from the Drew Holiday talk, and we can just kind of brush over this. Um. It may be a sign that the Rockets are going into a blow-up territory, but um, Robert Covington was traded to the Portland Trailblazers for two first-round picks, which surprised the hell out of me, um, and Trevor Ariza. So Trevor Ariza is a Rocket player again. Um, again? <laughs> yeah, again. It seems like Trevor Ariza just can't leave the Rockets. Uh, like, the ever. This trade? Oh, I think it works for both teams. Uh, Portland gets a perfect player in Rocco. Uh, I think this is a big W for Portland. Oh, yeah. Um, Rocco's a good player. I think we saw that in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And we, we've known this for a while. He's a cheap option that can play defense and can play a guy. I think that's a, it's a guy you could play one through five. Rocco, um, Rocco's up there, in, at least in my list, um, for probably best 
three and D or top five three and D players around the league. Um, and he only makes eleven million a year. So like his contract's yeah. favorable. Um, yeah. Did they give up a lot? I mean, they gave up the 16th pick in the draft and the first rounder for Portland next year, which looks like a lot on paper. Oh, well, but, yeah, but but Portland also what what have they needed? Like every time we've talked about what Portland needs, it's it's a three and D wing that. I can mean, get this a this guy will replace Melo in the starting lineup. That tells oh, 100%. you a hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, the past three years they've had Rodney Hood. Um, sadly, he what did he tear again? Was it his ACL? He tore his Achilles. Oh, he tore his Achilles. Um, those are, you know, not like Achilles the, are the, serious. Let, let's just get this. There's not been one player in NBA history that has torn his Achilles and come back and been as good as he was. The exactly. closest was Rudy Gay, and Rudy yeah. Gay was an All Star in Memphis, and he was an okay player with the kings and now the spurs yep um we'll see but he was never with durant i mean we saw this with boogie when boogie tore his achilles he didn't turn out to be anything yep. he tore his acl the next year um durant's the next one and then probably rodney hood i think rodney hood has a better chance because there he he was a, he was a good player but he wasn't yeah. he doesn't have to come back and be a 30 point yeah. score like durant exactly has yeah Especially now um, with Rocco, he's gonna come off the bench. He's gonna just—he's gonna be there. Get him five exactly. ten points a night off yeah. the bench. That's what he's supposed to do now. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, Rocco fits perfectly with Damon CJ, and they still yeah. have Nurkic. This I think signifies that Whiteside's gone, which we all knew already. Um, yeah, and in in the Blazers with Rocco, I think it's it's ever important to notice is the Blazers have never had a guy that can guard really like superstar wings you know mm-hmm. um when we looked at the blazers team we we're like okay offensively we know that you know dame is going to get you 40 maybe 50 a night um, like he did in the bubble cj is going to go out there and get you 20 um you know Nurkit's going to hold down the paint um but who's guarding a lebron or a Kawhi or a paul george even or um just wings like that, and and now they have Robert Covington. Boom! You stick him on um, LeBron, or you stick him on you know uh, any any wing player that can handle the ball, and and they that team becomes really dangerous, you know. And if you're Houston, you gave up four first round picks for Chris Paul. You omit defeat, but you just traded for two more. Yeah, and including exactly. one that's basically a lottery pick at sixteen. Like. Yeah. Go into this draft not having a first round pick, and now you have the 16th pick in the draft. I think that's a steal for Houston. Yeah, 100%. I I think that they turned they turned Clint Capella, um, who didn't do much for their offense other than you know be a pick and roll player, um, into Robert Covington, who was a high valuable asset in with Russell Westbrook in the their offense this year. They traded Clint Capella for three first round picks. I have no. I'm pretty sure they did. That's that's impressive. impressive. I'm intrigued. And then they turned Rocco into two. Yeah, Yeah, they turned (laughs) Rocco into two first round picks. So, in 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 a vacuum, um, the first good move that the Rockets GM has done in a long time. Yeah, and you guys steps up and does something good. And you know, maybe this is maybe this is a, a sign for the future. Maybe that you know this guy makes good deals, and you know, I I assume. I assume that maybe it isn't, 
But I think this is a sign that this Houston could be a sign for... isn't going to be a brush over. Yeah. I think, this, especially in the Brooklyn take, if they got two first-rounders for Rocco, they ain't going to accept Jared Allen and Karis Lefer for James Harden. Like, 100%. You're going to have to pay for James Harden if you mm-hmm. want him. They're and, not and just I going think... to give James Harden away. And I think a lot of execs around the league look at Houston and they see Tiller Fertitta and kind of laugh um, just from what I've seen. Because I, if when you're two franchise players that you just – one, you just traded for, and two, you signed to a massive contract, um, are wanting to leave, I think that says a lot about you when know, who's running – When your superstar player turns down a $50 million contract. That says a lot about who's running the organization. <laughs> That yeah. public, yeah, that says something about the Rockets for sure. And and oh, teams God. are probably like not even gonna lie; they're probably laughing at the Rockets right now. And and if they have a somewhat competent GM, from you know what it looks like, from what we've seen with the Robert Covington trade, you know maybe it it adds some common sense to a what it seems like poorly ran Rockets team with Tiller for today. You know, um, yeah, for sure. But uh, that that's honestly all, all the trade we news have. we have right now. Checking at two forty-eight in the morning. Woj just posted, but it's just a thing on his story about Giannis. So we are good as of now. I think we are good to go to bed. It is three a.m. Yeah. <laughs> the Warriors have been quiet. We'll see if they do anything tomorrow. Um, there hasn't been any rumors on that second pick. Just take yeah. Wiseman if it's me. Yeah. Um. But we'll Wiseman see. We'll see. Curry. That'd be good. That's the only thing they're missing is a center, yeah. and they have James Wiseman. Okay, it's mm-hmm. just crazy. Uh, but we'll talk more about that in our draft coverage tomorrow. We'll come with our draft yeah. preview tomorrow. Yes, and that'll be out probably Wednesday morning. So, yes, yeah. before the draft. Yeah, and then we'll probably have to record on Thursday to recap the draft because you know. I mean, we could probably. I mean, you said what? You get out of class at eight thirty. Yeah. We can do it at like nine thirty, ten. Okay. Yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> the draft ends. Yeah. Hop right on. We'll get this yep. guys up to you Thursday morning. You hear our opinions on the draft picks. Mm-hmm. And then if it's Lamello, um, we might be a little angry. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, like I'll be happy that he's here, but like I don't want the melody. <laughs> I don't want the melody. Like either. if we do it, cool. But like I don't want to be like our future rest in the mellow ball. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a hard thing to say like wow i Our keep future... seeing all these minnesota fans on twitter also saying that the only way they they will give up the first round pick is if we give up shea if you guys even think we're trading shea for Lamelo ball you would if, if presty did that i'm pretty sure the whole oklahoma city fan base would turn on him overnight like I'm oh yeah serious about that. they would turn on him overnight <laughs> shea is our darling like he's our darling now Kelly has already become a darling in eight hours, and that if Sam Presti trades Kelly Oubre, there's going to be like 25% of Thunder fans that just get really mad at Sam Presti. Even if he trades him for like a superstar, they're yeah. still trading Kelly Oubre and they get mad. And part of that is, is, is uh, gosh, I don't even want to think about this. Okay, <laughs> on that note, um, that is the end of the podcast. Go give us a five-star review on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're listening to us at. Um, follow us on Twitter, um, at Views from OKC, and tune into our future podcast. We got a lot of uh, content coming for you guys. But, um, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in this episode. Uh, we will see you later on. Peace. Peace.